Welcome in. It's the BCJ podcast of some sort. Uh, There's some BBP in here. There's some BCJ in here. There might be a little PTP. It's It's the BCJ podcast network. Basketball roundtable preview. I think that's how I'll, the BCJ Podcast Network basketball preview because we're get, we're gonna get we get a lot of voices to get to as we get ready for this season because a preview of this basketball team is going to be very hard with just one or two people because nobody knows shit. So <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna piece it together as best as we can. So let's get the show on the road. I'm Chad Brendel, guest one who will be here with us for, oh, about the first 20, 30 minutes or so, fresh off of getting a chance to watch his first Wes Miller practice today, none other than the BCJ legend, the OG, as some would call him, Justin Berg. What's up, brother? What's up, BCJ Nation? Glad to be here. Are you still buzzing from practice today? You ready to, to, yeah. to get in the passing lanes? And man, I, I want to get yeah, I want to get in a stance, and I want to have I want to be in that passing lane. I want to be denying. I want to be up ball pressure, high hands when I go chop, chop my feet on my closeout, which a lot of the guys just needed a lot of reminders today. <laughs> he would just say, "Hey, you know, go, I need these things," and then they would do a drill. And he's like, "I just said, you know, no one did it," you know, which I figure like. Why would you not chop your feet and close out under control and have your hands up? Like, isn't that just natural stuff? But yeah, I'm ready. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> it was great being there. And first, my first look at Wes Miller in person, uh, I was, I was energized. I mean, he had so much energy today. He was going nuts over every little thing, but you could tell he was like, dude, the season's coming up guys. Like, what are we doing here? Come on. Let's get, let's, he's like, I mean, he used different words than that. Uh, <laughs> one or but two, yeah, one or two, but I mean, it was deserved. I mean, I was watching him, he was watching these guys, you know, weren't doing what he wanted. But I would, I just wanted to get there and see what the guys looked like up close. Some of the new guys, first thing I noticed was Jared Hensley is legit 6'8 plus. Um, looks like a he's got a nice, like, athletic frame. He's not, I mean, he's filled out a little bit from what I heard, but yeah, he, I was like, this, he's, he's got to be at least 6'8. Um, so that was the first thing I, I noticed. Um, then I looked around. I was like, "Oh my God! There's two huge seven footers. There's a six eleven guy. There's a six nine beast. Like, there's a lot of size on this team." Uh, so that was the first thing that stood out to me. And then, then I was like, "Oh, and there's some guards that don't have much size." So this is this is quite a thing. But I know we'll get to all that stuff. But yeah, it was, it was. I was pumped to be there. I got to hang out with like Terry Nelson, Justin Williams, the, the crew there. Meacham showed up. Um, one of the assistant coaches, Lapore, he was great. Uh, I just, it was great. I appreciate you setting it up for me. And yes, I am still buzzing because I would, I want to put on my shoes right now. I'll guard anybody. Wes has me fired up. I think that was the longest welcome in the history of, of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have much time. I got to get right All to right. it. Also <laughs> welcome, Brent Young. Brent, how you doing? You know, Chad, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Still, uh, still bubbling over last night. So it's safe to say I can flip, flip gears, flip switches, and be extremely fired up for this pod as well. I, I mean, basketball's right around the corner, and I tweeted this a little bit ago. So much has changed. So much, Chad. Just a touch. 
Just a it's touch. Just a touch. How about this, Berg? T- Berg, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but one of the starters and double-digit scoring members from last year's opening night roster against Lipscomb was Rapalus Ivanowskis. How about that? Yeah. That was one three, year ago. That was three years ago. That might have been a decade Ooh. ago. So much that was not a good fit, that fella. Not a good fit. <laughs> well, that's, we could probably spend a whole podcast on that. But no, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Excited to break down the basketball season. Big unknowns, but a lot of excitement behind it. I'm fired up. Aaron Smith. Hi, buddy. What's going on? Oh, you know, just hanging out. I'm just excited to have something to talk about that doesn't involve Gary Barta. <laughs> You're my ass, Arky. Just, you guys probably had quite a barn burner about that one. Last man, time. I'm just so tired of the lack of respect. So it's it's nice to have a team that really we have no expectations on and we'll, we'll kind of take the blows as they come, I suppose. It's generally yeah. how you take the blows as they come. <laughs> really the only way you can. <laughs> one right after another, just keep it coming. I got to hate on my cliches. Come on, man. Still early. I, I haven't, got my, I, haven't I was, got my grooves I was, yet. I was adding to it. Was was, you know, that's all. It. Um, all right, let's get to it. Uh, there might be some others that pop in and join us uh, throughout the evening. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, it, we'll start with Berg since Berg has the most limited time and also was, was at practice today. So uh, things are kind of fresh in his mind. Um, Berg, when you look at this team, I know it's only one you, – you've only seen one practice, and I, I don't know. We didn't really talk about, like, what all they did, how much five-on-five five they did. Um, what do you think this team has a chance to do well uh, after, you know, getting a, a quick view at them for a couple hours today? Hmm. I'm not even sure. I thought going in that it would be defense and rebounding, but they had trouble stopping the scout team in like four and four stuff. So that was concerning. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's hard to say really, because it, this, this roster's it's, it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. There's like so many fours and fives. And then there's a lot of little guards. Um, and then your wings are not your, not the type of wings you'd want that can like break you down. So I would say like, let's, let's do offense rebounding or, or yeah, offense, defense and rebounding. So I would say, they should be able to rebound because if, if Wes Miller's intensity is any indication, if you're not rebounding, you're not going and getting it, you're not going to play. He's like, if you block, you block out and go get it, what are you doing? Get it. That's his, that's his thing. So if someone's not rebounding, they're not going to play. I think they're going to be a pretty good rebounding team just based on that. And they have size that helps. Um, defense, I think is going to be a lot of tinkering until he figures out what, his best defensive lineups are. And so unfortunately within the first, like what the fourth game of the year, you got to play the fighting Illini who are fifth in Ken Palm. So that'd be a good test. But I, I I mean, to answer your question, I really can't tell. I don't think, I think offensively is going to be a struggle because there's not a lot of shot creation and the best shot creators are five eleven and like six, one or six, two. So um, that's, that's a concern. I don't know. I, I went in like kind of um, interested and excited and I came back with like way more concerns than I thought I would have. <laughs> well, that's, that's watching your first practice. Like that's, that's the joy of it. 
Yeah. Because you think you know things and then you watch and you're like, well, I don't yeah. kn- I don't know what I thought I knew. Here, you know, my, my biggest my biggest takeaway was Dave DeJulius is going to have to be really good. Now, they're moving Dave off the ball because last year the point guard thing didn't quite work out. Uh, so they're going to have what Saunders and, and Adams Woods do a lot of the ball handling. And then a little yeah. bit a little bit of Newman, I believe, because I think Newman can kind of do some stuff, get into the paint a little bit, attack. I think Wes Miller, like he wants to attack the hole as many times as possible. So, so you're on your DeJoyce is going to be the guy who I think is going to get a lot of the responsibility to create for himself and others, especially when the shot clock's running down. So it's, I mean, it's kind of like as he goes, they're going to go as far as I can see just from what I've seen, although it's only two hours worth of practice. They did not run up and down much. They did not run up and down much. They did a lot of drills. I think he, I think Coach Miller was really focused on certain defensive, you know, tactics and and uh, just you know different different things that he needed to see them do, and to keep hammering home. But I say, yeah, I think I think you're looking at like however good DeJulius and Adams Woods and Saunders are is how good this team's going to be. That's that's my biggest takeaway. Do you guys want to fire away at Berg here while we got him? Yeah, yeah. Um... Berg, I, I guess my biggest question is the the hidden unknown of uh, of all these new players that have that have been incoming. Who kind of caught your eye today? Just you know, I, I know you mentioned the physical build of of Garrett Hensley and you know different things of that sort. Does John Newman look ready to be an instant instant contributor? Is he going to bring some things on offense that could could help out the team or? You know, is it Jarrett Hensley who's going to surprise people? Is, is Odio Guama ready to make a huge step? And out of the two bigs, who do you think makes the biggest impact just right out of the gate? Well, Newman and Oguama are going to be like junkyard dog type of dudes. They're not going to create a lot offensively from what I can see. I mean, Newman Newman's kind of like a left-handed – he's a left-handed 6'5 dude who – he try he does a few kind of like off the dribble pulls, fadeaways and stuff, which I wouldn't I don't want him to shoot any of those from what I've seen. Um, I want him to attack the hole hard, which I think he'll do as much as he can. But I I I didn't really get a chance to see him in a in a situation where he was trying to break his man down and create something for himself or others. So I, I don't I can't really speak to that. But he's from what I from what I was told and what I saw, he's a he's a really intense dude. And and so is Odio Guama. Odio Guama tries to hammer everything when he's around the rim and he wants Would you like your favorite player. Is that your favorite yeah. player? Odio Guama? No, the Julius still is. It's Julius is still my guy, but I mean, <laughs> I think he's going to be Eric Hicks, favorite player because that's what he tries to do. Hammer and get every rebound. So he's the type of guy like those guys, they're, you know, they're, they're um, ACC caliber players. And, but I, I think they're just going to be more like junkyard type of stuff. They're not really going to create much. Um, they, Oguama will clean up things on the offensive glass. He'll finish plays. He'll get out and run. Um, Newman, again, it's hard to tell, but I think he's, I think he's like uh, he was only in the low 30s from three at Clemson a couple of years ago. So he's not the type of guy that you're going to want to like. Oh, there he is. Let him let him shoot it. But I think he, as long as he plays with confidence, he'll be okay. Um, the one thing that, I'd say the thing that stood out the most to me was AJ McGinnis's gorgeous three point jump shot. Man, talk about creamy. This guy, <laughs> it is like, it, I mean, so you could build this like on a computer. This is the shot you would want the arc, the rotation, the way it comes off his hands. Like, this is his lift on it. 
it's beautiful to watch. And he, he drained a couple when they were going up and down, looked real nice. Um, his issue is defense and he's got a ways to go in that regard to get like major minutes, but it's like, and then Hensley looked like he was a little lost at times, but I saw some like really interesting stretch four stuff. So what I saw today was like, okay, in a couple years, some of these pieces are going to be pretty interesting to have. And then some of the pieces that are a little older, especially up front, like with, with um, Abdul Otto and, uh, and Hayden Koval, those guys are just kind of like, see if they can block some shots and rebound and maybe they'll finish a play or two, but I don't know you're going to get a lot out of them, you know, in any kind of a set or like, you know, run something right. for them type stuff. Like, like there's really not like anybody on this team other than probably the, the, the three guards that I mentioned that you're really going to run anything for. I mean, Davenport, he, he's not like the creator. He's, he can do a one dribble, one or two dribble move. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know if this is, this is, I know this is real long winded, but it's just like, I was really looking for like, where are the bucket getters? Where is the shot creation going to come from? I was talking to all the people that have, you know, the coaches I could, the people that watch, and we all agreed like the Julius is going to have to be like way better than he was last year. And he Mm -hmm. showed flashes last year. He had some games. I mean, he had some really nice games last year where he would get high assist numbers and, or he would score, you know, 15 to 20. Um, I, I think if he can be a guy that can get you like 14 or 15 and maybe like six or seven assists, consistently that's going to help a lot and um and then the other thing was like saunders and adams woods battling for the starting point guard spot uh is going to be an interesting thing to watch too so i'm upset you brought up the word cream because i was really hoping that i would be the first to bring it up in my (laughs) question but who is on the official justin bird cream watch this year mason madsen the Julius Davenport and um, I got, a, I got a surprise one for you. Oh, wait, wait who did that? Oh, Adams Woods can shoot it too. Um, McGinnis when he gets in there, but there's a surprise name for you. Victor Locken. Locked in. Locked in. He, uh, I was just watching him in warmups and just kind of like watching some stuff and he looks pretty skilled. Um, his shot isn't like the, 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 the rotation of the shot isn't as pretty, but just like the release is nice and easy. He's, he's legit six eleven, Um, I, and he, I thought he was out. Like this is how far away removed I've been. I heard that injury he had a few months back and I was like, Oh geez, I guess he'll never play here. And then they think they, I was told that it wasn't as, as serious as they thought. So this was like his first kind of full go deal today. He did. You know, he, he did show a couple of things. I saw this really nice, easy reverse layup that was like, ooh, okay, that was kind of smooth. Um, he's just kind of like a big, thin, lumbering dude who, when you watch him, you're like, Jesus, this guy looks like he's like uncoordinated. He doesn't know what he's doing, but then he'll like make a nice play and you're like, oh, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so, like I said, a lot of the things I saw today was like, hmm, let me see that like next year or like in 2023. And then when you look at this year, you're like, the Julius. And Adams Woods, like, what do you got? Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, obviously, with a with a microscope last season, especially uh, the the team morale and just kind of the the pulse around the squad and and different things of that sort was really kind of you know dissected just based off one practice. And obviously, I'm going to talk with Chad about this as well more extensively. How could you could could you tell there was a a different vibe around the team, more of a, uh, you know, just trying to pump each other up 
pat each other on the back, but while also trying to get better at the same time? Tremendous question, Brent. And yes, I could tell that it was very easy to see right off the bat. They, uh, you could tell it's a, it, everybody's rooting for each other. There's a lot of energy, a lot of noise. Um, I just, I, I could feel, and I think it's pretty easy when you, when you watch somebody like Wes Miller coach um, in a practice like that, because it's just infectious. Like he has that energy. He has that passion. I mean, his, he's just, passion is just, oozing out of every orifice of this guy's body for his job and so he's not going to accept anyone not having that and so you can just see the guys rallying together on on certain things and then if a guy makes a mistake and he yells at him or whatever the case he points something out like everyone's kind of like all right you got this come on you good you good like and 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 like they're and these guys look like they're like they're willing to take the coaching so but yeah i i feel like i mean that was that was probably the the thing that I, I felt the best about when I, when I walked out of there, I was like, at least we're on the right track. I, I mean, talent wise and scoring wise this year, it's like, who knows? I mean, Ken Palm thinks they're like the 150th best offense, which I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that's where, you know, somewhere in that ballpark from what I saw. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's clear to see. And I asked him, I did ask a quick question when we were doing the media stuff, I asked him like who he was seeing leadership from other than Davenport, the obvious one. And he just said, everybody he said, everyone, the interesting thing is this team's old. Like they're like the sixth oldest team in the country by average age. And so there's no true freshman on this team. Everyone's at least been through a season. So that helps at least in that regard where, you know, they, they understand what to expect, but it does seem like everybody is on the same page from the energy and passion side. Yes. Kind of piggyback backing off of Brent's question. You said you had a chance to talk to like Lapore and some of the other coaches that were hanging around. Um, kind of dives a little bit more into that. What was some of the vibe that you got off of some of the new faces that you saw uh, in your conversations with them? Just the same type of deal. I mean, just positive energy, um, you know, very open flow of information. I, I, you know, I, I, at one point I was like, you know, can I, can I bring that up? And they're like, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, it's like, I wouldn't tell you if you couldn't, you know, um, and in fact, it was, this just tells how far removed I am right now. Like, I didn't even know they had highlights up from the, I didn't even know they had a scrimmage against OU last week. <laughs> um, but, but I, he was talking about Odio Guama. He's like, I think he had about five dunks in that game. And I was like, Ooh, can I say that? And he's like, yeah, why not? Of course. <laughs> but um, yeah. And it, it was just like, he, like he came up to me and was just giving me, you know, as much information and I was asking him stuff and, you know, there was no like, what, you know, no trying to beat around the bush or anything. So, um, and then, yeah, I mean, just, it just, the one thing also I I could see was that like, there was a lot of other coaches involved in a lot of the things that were happening. They would, they would break up and have, you know, Mike Roberts, that dude's intense. Um, uh, Chad Dollar had like, you know, had some people on his, they were doing some stuff together. Like it, the vibe I get is that, you know, Wes is a delegator. He, he, he is like empowers his other assistants and, and, um, even like a guy like Kyle Washington, you know, who's there now to help out, like just, they all kind of buy in and like what he's, he's not, he doesn't seem like he has much of an ego. He he's like, I want the smartest people around me and I want to give them the chance to show that they're smart. That's kind of how my interactions with the poor have gone as well. And uh, just shows the night and day difference between, you know, the, the regime that was here prior to coach Wes Miller and, and his staff and just how transparent they really are. So tip of the hat yeah. to them. Transparent. That was the word I was, I should have was searching for that whole time. That's a perfect way to sum it up there, Aaron. 
of confidence. Good job, and Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. The vocabulary man, Mr. Dictionary. Congrats. <laughs> but no, so I feel like confidence with David David DeJulius <laughs> is is probably the biggest key to the to the season. Um because I we just saw just a, a man who was totally shot with confidence that a, a decent three-point shooter had some really good stretches with with Michigan from beyond the arc. And when you're just struggling that that much from deep, I just feel like confidence is a huge factor in that. Did you sense yeah. that, that that Dave is just walking around with that newfound confidence with that new number and, and, and everything that came with that? I mean, I, I don't know if specifically I sense that, but I, I just, I didn't sense a lack of confidence if that, I mean, I, I sensed that he was just like there ready to work. Right. Um, I walked, I walked in, I, you know, I, he was right there. I said, you know, Hey, Justin Berg, nice to meet you. Give me a fist bump. Like he's just, you know, I think he, um, he knows what time it is. This is his last year. You know, he, uh, right. I mean, he's, he's, let's see. Um, oh no, wait, does he have one more year after this? He would have a COVID, COVID year, year if you wanted it. Okay. If he wants it, but. Yeah, I mean, he's been around. He's he's been. This is his fourth coach now. He's played for. I think he's just kind of like, all right, like let me let me figure, let me just like put everything I can into this. And he just seemed like all business. But I think like I, you know, having him off the ball, and that's what he did at Michigan. You know that he did not. He didn't play very very much point guard at all there. But he can do. He can run pick and rolls really well. I think just like taking some of the thinking out of his game is going to help a lot. You know because. It's too much setting up and making sure you get people involved. Like, just let him catch and decide what to do. And he has the skills when he's in a situation like that because we saw it last year. I mean, he can, he's got the floater game. I, I, I know he shot 20% from three. I don't see it any way he's anywhere in that neighborhood this year. He's got to be, like, in the 35 range, I believe. And then, you know, when he can get – he knows how to go in and get fouled and, and, and make his free throws. So that's that's the guy that you want to have. I mean, in with the ball in his hands when, uh, when you need some buckets, but the only issue is like, you know, he is barely six feet tall. So if you're playing a team that's got some kind of six, five dude who's athletic and long and can make it extra tough on him. But I think he's, I think he's confident enough to, to take this role and, and take the leadership that, that comes with it from what I saw. So out of 15 guys on the roster, seven of which uh, were here last year, one of those being Victor Lockton, one of those being Sam Martin, one of those being Rob Banks. Banksy, as you say. Banksy, as I like to call him. Yep. Um, who do you think is going to be the biggest wild card going into this season? Mason Madsen. And why is that? Well, well, I, I think – no, no. Well, uh, I got two for you. I, I really think it's, okay. it's actually going to be – I think it's going to be Madsen and Saunders – just because I, I think that either depending on what their roles are, like if, if, if Saunders and Madsen are on the second unit, I mean, they're going to need to really help out with the scoring punch against the other team's second units. Just because again, there's not a whole lot of options on offense for this team, but I think, I think um, a guy like Madsen, I'd say, I'd say the odds are Mikey starts and, and Micah comes off the bench. Yeah, uh, if, if for no yeah. other reason, because Micah can play the one and the two. Uh, I don't think you're playing Mikey off the ball. Yeah, but either way, I mean, Saunders is going to be super important because pushing the pace to try to get some looks before defense is set up, it's going to be key. And then Madsen, just because there's not a whole lot of pure shooters on the roster, and you got to find a way to stretch the defense somehow. And that, that can open up driving lanes for a guy like Newman. And that can open up some stuff, some offensive rebounds when he drives. 
you know, for, for Aguama and, and a guy like Otto and some of the other fellows down there. So Saunders to me, especially if he's going to start, like, I think the Julius will be fine. I mean, I think he's going to be, he'll be, he'll be fairly consistent, but you got to get production. You got to get pace from, from, from Saunders and, and you got to get some shooting from, from Madsen, just, just trying to fig, do the math and like, how are they going to score enough to beat some legit teams? So those are my two guys that I'm, I'm really looking at. No Vic. <laughs> oh, Vic's fine. He, he's not a wild card. Vic's going to bring it. Just, uh, they were, uh, I was sitting there and uh, somebody mentioned that when UC plays Illinois, that Kofi Coburn is going to be like his first game after his three game suspension. I was like, so you think he's not, he ain't going to be able to deal with Victor Lockin? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I feel like for all the same reasons that you listed, that's why I key is uh, on, on John Newman actually is my wild card. Going into this yeah. Season. But okay. Yeah. I mean, I, for sure. I mean, he, and again, I, I think it's hard to tell what he's going to bring because I think he had a pretty good, a couple of years ago, he had a pretty strong season. And then last year he was injured. Right. He had, he, he just didn't, you know, he, he just didn't have a, you know the same lift and things like that. But um it, I, I, it's just hard to see like what exactly he's going to be an offense on an, on the offensive side until we really watch them play some, you know, a few games, but I think defensively he'll be okay. He, he's going to, he's going to guard hard. He's going to die for balls. He's going to, you know, get in the passing lanes and get out and dunk. And he's going to, you know, he's going to crash the glass. And I, you know, from what I, from what I gather, he and Oguam are, are just lunch pail Bearcats like that we're used to. And those are going to be guys that, you know, one guy is going to start, more than likely, I would say I would bet on Newman starting and Aguama probably not, but I wouldn't be surprised if like down the road, Aguama, you know, forces his way into playing a little bit more because he, they're going to need that fight and energy up front. Sure. Um, and I, if Brent's not going to go. Uh, who do you think has the best <laughs> hair, hair on the team right now? Newman. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Saunders, Saunders is always Mikey. Mikey yeah, changed this. Saunders is good. No, it's the same. I mean, it's it's still he's still got the blonde locks going. Um, I like question. Davenport's braids. He didn't have them in today. No. No, but he did. I just I just got a vision in my head of like he the catch and shoot three. He shot that was all net. That was real smooth from like just to the top of the right of the circle. Um, that was nice to see. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, Saunders is just so unique. Um, I, I couldn't really tell what Newman had going on. He had like a big headband or something. I, it's hard to see what he had. Why? What? What does he see? Wear braids or something? I've only seen him with the giant afro. But okay, yeah, he's yeah, got a he's giant afro. afro. Right. Oh, it didn't it didn't look giant to me. Maybe he had it. I don't know. And I, it's hard to tell. Had it tapered I wasn't, really looking, I wasn't looking at his hair as much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and so my other my other thing that I'll offer is from the five spot. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting because so you've got Abdul Addo who coming from Mississippi State. It's his fifth year. He was one of the best shot blockers in the SEC all of his years. Um, but he I don't he seems fairly limited, you know, with the ball in his hands, and um, you know I, I I don't know if he'll prove that he's like you have to have him on the floor because of his defense or if he's going to be a liability because he, he's going to clog up the paint on offense. Um, and then you got Hayden Koval, who seven foot one tall dude, 
he's got a nice looking shot. He's a good, he's got great timing on the shot block. He actually blocked uh, Kyle Washington's dunk. Um, when oh. after he got like somebody got beat and Kyle Washington tried to punch one and Hayden got up there and hacked him uh, on one of those drills. So, but so you got those two. I mean, lock in. He's he's going to be on the outside looking in on the rotation. I'm sure to start the season, but he's going to have some chances. And then, and then again, Oguama, um, he probably figures as playing mostly four. He seems like a four, but then if Davenport's going to play a lot of four, you know, maybe you go for some small, quicker lineups, more athleticism, more more rim running, and you go Davenport four, Oguama five, and then that just means that Otto and and Koval can't play. So because because looking at you know. Uh, Brent, you mentioned Jarrett Hensley, yeah. six eight stretch four, right? Um, that means it's going to be tough for him to get minutes this year because, if from what I've heard, Davenport he's going to play a lot of four still. Um, he doesn't quite mostly the, the four, I think. Yeah, that's what I figure. So like, so where, so if he's going to, and he has to play 25, 30 minutes at least. So where's their extra minutes if Aguama's playing that position, and then where's they trying Hensley out at three? Right. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's he's an Hensley's an interesting prospect for sure. I, I feel like you you check check back in two years, like if you didn't watch any games, you look back two years later, like he could be a stud. Right. Uh, just from just from his build, his athleticism, his way he can shoot shoot corner threes. Um, I, I didn't see a lot of him handling the ball, but from what I've heard, he's got some pretty good ball skills, and and he just he's like again he and a guy like McGinnis who's got to learn how to guard. Um, you know, Saunders is only in his second year. Like there's there's guys that. You, you think that could really develop under Miller, but right now it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much they can really be contributors. And I was, I was kind of thinking Hensley would be, but then once I started looking at the numbers game, when I was sitting there, I was like, hmm, I don't know. It's gonna be hard for him to find minutes. But then again, I mean, if he proves that he needs to be on the floor, he could get them. I feel like it seems like one of those situations where West just has to try a bunch of stuff, just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks and then go with that. And hopefully he figures it out by game 10. So we can go to the Centos Center and beat those assholes. Oh, God, I like it. I like it. And we'll, we'll, and Hayden's got one of the best uh, nicknames out there. HVAC? No, the uh, the the slim preacher. Oh. <laughs> I thought I heard I thought I heard someone call him HVAC today. Maybe that too, I, but but the yeah. uh, the official Twitter put out these little player things and his was the slim preacher. I thought that was pretty <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely slim. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, again, there's. It's like this team. There's. There's so many guys to talk about because there's 11, 12 guys that, that warrant at least a look. Right. So I think you're. You know, the the, the tough thing is you got you get Evansville and then Georgia right away. He's not ranked high, but like still they're going to have some high level talent. Then you got a couple of bye games and it's like, all right, here comes Illinois. Uh, see what you got. So it's it's it's. I just walked away being like. Hmm. I mean, if I'd have to, if I'd have to guess, like, I don't know, are you going to ask me for what I predict to happen record-wise and all that? Because if you want, I can give you that and then let you guys take the podcast from here. Please do. Let's okay. hear it. Your, your parting shot, if you Let's will. Let's hear yeah. it. I mean, I, I think they can scrap their way to nine and nine in the conference. Um, I know that sounds like not that good because of where they've been in recent years, but when you factor in that, you know, they they play Houston and Memphis twice and just. <laughs> It's a lot to ask to be that's that seems like it could be a potential four losses. Wichita and SMU, you know, on the road. I don't know. And you figure there's a couple other road uh, pitfalls in there. Uh, you know, it's just going to be it's uh, these games are going to be tough. Margin for error, slim. 
So, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with like a 10 and eight or something like that, but I'll, I'll give them nine and nine because of Wes's energy and because of some of the leadership on the team and, and the age of the team. And then in the non-conference, I mean, you know, it's hard to, I figure they, they they're probably going to end up with three or four L's. So, so that puts you at about, you know, what, um, 18 and 13 ish somewhere in there. Sounds, sounds like, I think they could probably get, get to that level. I, I initially thought maybe they could, they could get to 20, 21, 22 wins. Um, and then once I started really thinking about it, it's like, you know, I just, the scoring is going to be, you know, can be challenging for them at times. Um, so, and, you know, the, the thing that could change my mind after, if, after maybe five to 10 games is like, if we see that West figures out, like he gets his rotation and they, they become really good defensively and, and on the glass and stay in games, you know, that, that they have a chance to win late against some good teams. So yeah, nine and nine in conference, probably, I'm thinking four L's in the non-conference. That's, that's where I'm going to go with it. Yeah. But I think it's, I think there's going to be like, it's going to be some frustrating games. It's going to be some fun games, but it's also going to be some bright spots in there of what we can expect to see in the next two, three, four years with some of these guys. And, you know, the, everyone that I talk to there is they all believe in Wes and I do too. And just give them some time. And it'd be interesting to see. I mean, this is just like a culture establishing year. So there's no expectations. No one thinks they're going to go to the tournament. Ken Palm certainly is hell doesn't. He's got like 15 <laughs> point L's all over that MF. Yeah. So, um, you know, whatever, just go out there and play your ass off and, you know, see, see who the, your best, you know, eight guys are. And then when you get, you know, into conference play, just see how many you can grind out. What can, can shock the, somebody. What can or, the BCJ community expect from Berg content wise this season? What do you, what do you think you'll have time for? Not a, not a full commitment, but, but what do you think? Is it going to be another year where you, when, when, when the, when the, when the urge hits you, you, you hit the keys and, and fire something away? Writing wise. Yeah. It's going to have to be that, but um, I'll, you know, just if you want me to pop on the podcast a um, time or two a month, like just let me know. And then I thought maybe I'd do some live stuff during games. That might be the easiest way. Cause if my time is just like, there's not so much. So maybe, maybe halftime or post game, I can do a little live Twitter thoughts. I think that might be something to expect just to give that a shot. Cause that way I don't have to worry about writing and editing and spending all that time. And it's just right in the flow of the game. Just, you know, use my, use my emotions. <laughs> have, have have my own therapy session during the game at halftime and afterwards after they lose or they're struggling or like break so, down each big dunk throughout each game or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah. I mean, look, if I, if you want to <laughs> give me like, a, if you want to give me an editing team or an editing budget and have somebody come, you know, cut plays for me, I'll do some video work for you, but <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, the, we, the, haven't, the gotten, time, we yeah. haven't gotten that big yet. We haven't gotten that big yet. We're getting there. Yeah. I mean, we're look, on the path, you, but we're not there. You know, yet. you're look. You know, you're going to get a, a surprise piece of content every now and again when it strikes me, and I'll try to be as creative as I can with it. But you know, I think um, you know, you guys can handle most of the writing. You guys do a hell of a job. I mean, look, I, I don't have a ton of time to listen to to you guys' podcast. I don't listen to many podcasts these days. But I mean, you know, Chad, you've had some monster guests on lately. Uh, Brent and Aaron, you guys are awesome together on the BBP. Like I really enjoy listening to you guys. So I feel like BCJ basketball content is in good hands and I'll just, you know, I'll just pepper some stuff in when I can. You'll supplement. Yeah. 
You'll so supplement you guys, uh, the coverage. Yeah. So you guys enjoy the rest of the pod. I'm going to jump off here and get everything set up here at the house. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah look forward to Tuesday and we'll, we'll see how they handle the Evansville Purple Aces. Hey, baby. How about Thanks it? for the kind words, Justin. Yes, sir. You're the man, Bert. Uh, love you, brother. Peace, BCJ Nation. <laughs> that is the legend, Justin Berg. No one, no one's done basketball coverage at this site better. And I say that as someone who did basketball coverage at this site <laughs> as like the primary guy for a long time. Like Berg has an ability to speak to fans. Unlike maybe anyone else I've ever like encountered on the internet coverage for whatever it is, his writing style, people are just like, like he's one of us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. So awesome to get Justin on. I I got him into practice today in anticipation of this podcast tonight. So uh, great to hear from him. And we've got another dignitary. Ah, that's popping in his first ah. appearance on BCJ outside of PTP. None other than Ed Mayhall. Ed, what's up, brother? Mike on. Hey, what's Mike's going on? on? Mike's All on. Right. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. I just got home from soccer practice. Had a little soup. How'd you, how'd you play? Uh, parents won. Parents. Nice. Yeah. Played a lot of defense. Played a lot of just standing there. It was great. <laughs> like two years ago, I did a the, the parents played the daughters in basketball, and I was just whipping like seventy foot passes over their heads, <laughs> and I felt like I was like Jason Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> they were fourth grade girls at the time, so they were all like you know four foot three. Didn't even reach it. <laughs> They couldn't even reach it. I I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I was back in my heyday. There you go. Great. Well, Ed, you're here. You, you popped in. You're following a legend. That's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> you're welcome. It was, <laughs> in, it, it, was, it was intended that way, Ed. Okay, was, cool. All right. You know, we said, who can we fire up right after Berg? And, and you were the first one that popped into the mind. I mean, it works, I guess. There we go. We'll so it's a, a basketball pre it's a basketball preview show. All right. So if you've got basketball questions, this is where you ask them as a, a representative of, of being a basketball fan of the Cincinnati Bearcats. And we'll do our best to answer. How's sounds that? Sounds great. That sounds great. Go. Oh, you went out questions now. <laughs> All right, great. Um so <laughs> the first four, you know. Well, I guess it's the first four games, right? Evansville, Georgia, Alabama, and Presbyterian. Uh, we're we're going to destroy Presbyterian, right? Yeah. Got to clamp that blue hose, man. Clamp I don't it right know. in the middle. That's a solid I, first question, I think. <laughs> Georgia's, Georgia will be interesting, obviously, because Georgia uh, – I did not – I actually can't reference the Georgia football game last year. Because that was obviously during the American Athletic Championship game for football. Oh, yeah. And I recorded it. But when I saw the score, 
when I got home, I deleted it as soon as I got home and will never, ever attempt to watch that again. Sure. So I, I have no frame of reference other than what there was like a 24 to three run in the, at the end of the first half, uh, because I walked for, I was down on the field and I went from the field to the press box. And in the time it took me to get from the field to the press box, like a two point game was like a 26 point game. Yeah. And I looked at Brent and I was like, what the fuck happened? Well, no, it was funny. Cause I, cause I had it on, you know, as the game was going on and I would like just check back periodically, you know, between plays of the, of the football game. And I was like, all right, it's like 18, 16. I was like, what? they're hanging in there. looks like it's going to be one of those that you can just kind of track throughout the rest of the game and kind of watch a lot during halftime. And then right before halftime, it was just like, whoa, what happened? And it was just line drive after line drive, fast break after fast break, turnovers, missed threes. We, we fired up. I don't even know how many three-pointers in the first half. It was a very, uh, let's just say, kind of like what that team got into at times last last year when it when it started to rain, it really poured, and it did not look good at all. And, uh, but, I mean, Georgia's really not that great. I mean, they're not a, they're not a team. I, they had a couple surprises last year. Um, but, I mean, they've, they've lost a lot of pieces. It seems like they've got some sort of a – turmoil was going on down there and they still have Tom Crean as their head coach. And, you know, I, I think about it, it's like an SEC basketball coaches kind of have it, you know, going pretty solid for them. Cause you know, the football kind of takes the precedent unless you're, you know, at Kentucky or, or other places of that sort. But after that, it's kind of just like hang out in the background. Don't make too much negative noise and try and win some games and see if you can't hold on for a little bit longer than you can. But I don't know. I just, I don't think Georgia is going to really pose too much of a of a scare. I think it'll be obviously the toughest of the first four games, but aside from that, I think the never never underestimate the blue hose. Man, I tell you what, is that like a promiscuous Smurf? Let's see, that sounds kind of blue hose and oil. <laughs> just a bunch of blue hose out there, you know. It, it, it is kind of just like. Uh, I hate Presbyterian because that was another situation, but hey, we, went to the we won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so it was all good, but nah, I think first four games should be okay. And then that big one in the fifth is that'll be tough. For sure. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking every one of the first four games as we try and figure out what the hell this team is as a coin flip almost. I mean, if they lose, I'm not going to be terribly upset. Just depending on the way they lose. I mean, there's some really bad teams, man. I don't think this team is really good, though, is the thing. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be shocked if there's you know a, a Colgate upset or something along that line. Like I should bring that up. Because it happened. Yeah, it's well, relevant. It um so the cumber I mean, blunder. Again, as they just try and kind of figure it out on the fly, um, through the those you know, first couple of games, trying to figure out rotations, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work with a team that had a, you know, 50% roster turnover and gave scholarships to guys that we were fairly surprised that got some scholarships. So I don't know. Um, I'm again, just kind of taking it on with a grain of salt initially. Who were you surprised that got scholarships? My boy Banksy. I, I think everyone was a little surprised when he got a scholarship. Um, well, he, was, although that, he was promised was, one and 
They were they, the, they honored the promise. I get it. it. It was with the old regime. I'm not complaining about it. It's just that, that one I think kind of surprised everybody. Um, you know, I mean, you said some guys as if there was multiple well, because I wasn't trying to mention names specifically. I was trying to get around that, but you put me on the spot. Um, Man, here you are. Well, I'm late on <laughs> you, Aaron. Yeah, is that one. not yeah. is that not what I do? It's, that's, I, that's fine. I'll, I'll stand behind what I said. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know too many teams that are trying to be mentioned in that conversation of, you know, tremendous teams have guys like that on, on scholarship, but that's where we are. So you, you want to know a fun fact? I would love Pre- to know a fun Presbyterian, fact. right? If, since we're on the uh, first four games topic. And John, anything to get off that topic. Right. I'm, I'm trying to help you out a little bit here. John Newman, as a sophomore, played only 20 minutes against Presbyterian, scored 16 points, hit three of five from long range, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, zero turnovers. I am, I, I'm calling it right now, John Newman. That'll be his one game where it's kind of like, hello, Bearcat Nation, my name is John Newman. I represent Skyline. Represent Skyline. So does the <laughs> offensive line of the football team. That was a yeah, phenomenal today. video. A quick aside. I saw that. John Newman got a Skyline endorsement? He's had that. I yeah. missed it. Oh, he like the minute he got to town, he was all in on Skyline. Yep, and he's Hard he's there. been badgering them, just trying to get it, get it, get it. And so, Skyline partner, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Skyline at all. sponsorship. I mean, Chalita with spaghetti every day. I've been down with that. <laughs> that is pretty tasty. <laughs> that is pretty tasty. Not yeah, no. I think the first. I mean, to wrap up that little part, I think the first four games, the teams are just like like they, they yeah sure we're unknown. But I think the talent that Wes Miller has been able to create, just kind of the common bond that they've built up to this point and the, the trust that they have in them, even when they're trying to figure things out, this is the type of schedule that you want while you're figuring things out. You don't want a gauntlet thrown at you right away. Wait until game five to give you that gauntlet. And so um, I think that's just a you know a good job of scheduling. A lot of people talked about how the schedule was kind of – the out-of-conference was pretty weak as a whole. But – I think you kind of had to do that to work out those kinks. And uh, I mean, the first Georgia, yes, big name, power five, quote, quote, school, obviously power six, I guess. I, I don't know, but still that they, they aren't great. They, they really are not. Um, I expect them to win all of those games, especially at home. And I think Georgia will have a big fan base there, especially because it's, you know, no football game that day. It's a night game. So you can kind of plan out, you know, if you don't make it to the Evansville game, you can plan out, all right, let's go check out West Miller play at the third arena. So I'm, I'm expecting wins in the first four. So thanks for bringing up West Miller. Uh, I don't know if, what you guys discussed with Justin before I came on, but um, like, what, what do you expect to see from West Miller's uh, game this year? Like this year, like what style do we see? Like we remember with Mick, it was heavy defense with John. It was, well, we don't really sure what it was, but what do we expect to see from West this year? Not even half of the offensive game plan was installed with John. Come on, Ed, you know that. It takes four years. Well, I understand, and you and you, and you have you can't recruit during COVID. I understand. You got to be in person anyway. But no. Yeah, I think year one it's really difficult because I think there's still a lot of learning what you have and how it fits what you want to do, and there's a lot of adjusting that happens in year one because maybe the roster you have doesn't directly 
connect with like what a perfect West Miller team looks like. Right? right. So I think over the first six weeks, I think you're probably going to see some variation, some let's try this and see how it works. Let's try that and see how it works. Um, let's, you know, let's see what playing big looks like. Let's see what playing small looks like. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's a natural, especially in a situation where it's like half the guys were here, the other half are coming in, you know, from all different places, you're trying to mesh and meld everything on the fly. Uh, I, I think it's really tough to get a read for that when all you're doing is practicing against each other. Right every day because like you know you learn this is how the defense rotates this is what the assignments are this is the play that they're running this is the counter to that play if you shut it down like so i think there's going to be a lot of unknown early i think by the time we get to like mid-january into february uh you'll start to see a little bit and hopefully earlier because they are, you know, as, as Berg talked about, they're really old uh, in, in terms of roster construction. Um, so hopefully a little bit earlier, but I, I would expect by, you know, four or five games into conference play, you start to see some consistency with this is who we are. This is what we're trying to do um, as they figure that out and you figure out the rotations and you figure out, who are going to be the guys you can count on night in and night out on both ends of the floor? What style of defense fit, you know, do they decide playing small is best for them? Do they decide playing big is best for them? Do they, you know, do they, and then all the adjustments you have to make on that. Are you playing, you know, if you're playing say Abdul Adele and, and Hayden Koval together, your offense is going to be different than if you're playing Jeremiah Davenport at the four, because they're, 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 you know, Koval and Davenport are completely different style of players. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, of adjustments and learning on the fly that you're going to see specifically through the first month, month and a half at minimum uh, as Wes learns this team. And, but the one thing I I'm pretty confident in is that he's going to have the ability to adjust that he's going to have the ability to say, okay, this isn't working. It's out. Let's try something else and see if that works. Um, so it, that part for me is like a basketball nerd. Like that part's going to be fun. You know, are, are they running double high post? You know, are they, are they running ball screens? Are they running, you know, more pin downs and screens to get guys open? Or are they running you know, plays to get the ball handler open, you know, the different stuff like that, that uh, I think you're going to see a lot of variation and adjustment as we get through the first, at least the non-conference portion of the schedule, which it's probably going to be a little bit more bumpy than fans uh, are okay with. But from a, from a tactical standpoint, from a, like watching the game standpoint, there's going to be a lot that keeps my brain occupied because I, I just you know you, you sit through enough basketball practices you're like all right I see this I see that I see this like it, it's it's going to be fun to that point for me and I think the content's going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of trying to like stay in front of it and figure out what we're watching and explaining to fans 
this is what we're seeing. You know, this is what's happening. This is why I love that shit. So it might drive fans nuts, but I love that shit. <laughs> do you think the, uh, the defense though, is one thing that you can kind of right off the no. bat go no. with I, mm-hmm. what, just a full court press part where you, you, you start out, you're not going to completely. How much are you your... full court pressing? If, if Abdullah Doe and Hayden Koval are on the court again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm full court pressing. I'm, I'm learning how okay, to play, well, play with this team. But like no. you said, but still, I mean, what you're going to completely throw away your, your style. If you're getting beat for, I understand you're adjusting for dunks at the rim. Yes. Well, well, but they aren't getting beat for dunks right now. Like this is, they're prepping yeah. to play Evansville. They haven't like played a game yet. So, I mean, if but did you not just hear what I said? There's going to be an no, evolution. Right. Like, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to try to press. Right. But if it's not working first. Right. Right. Then right. they're going to try something else. Like, right. you know. Well, because what his he full court presses, changes that, drops back into man to man on defense. Right. And so that's what he's done in the past. Yes. Right. I, I mean, I. Sure. If you're getting beat on every play against Evansville in the first five minutes, then then flip out of it. But I think you got to at least come out of the gates with what you want to have as the. Well, what if you've watched staple. in practice? What if you've watched in practice for three weeks that your team can't do it? Right. But against saying, each other. No, I understand that, but I, I mean, I would, I would think, or at least hope that they've seen it enough where they're saying, okay, this full court press works with this group. Cause you know, that's what we want to try and build with this program and then go from there. I don't think you force your team to do something like, I don't think you, you, I, I am not a fan of this is our style and we're doing this no matter what. Right. I'm well, not it, a fan of that. It didn't work when, when Wes took over at UNCG in the beginning. Yeah. But I don't I know. Think I, as you build your roster and, and, and you're recruiting towards what you want to do long-term. Sure. Right. But I don't think I think it's a bad idea to come in and say, look, this is who I am. This is what we do. And if you guys can't do it, then you're getting your ass. Oh, kicked I'm and, not and, saying that at all. No, I'm not I, saying but, that at all. I'm saying you open up well. with it and see if it, you know, if if that flow works against, you know, opposing teams. And maybe it did work a little bit against Ohio and, you know, a little bit against Detroit Mercy as well. So who? I mean, that's that's the complete. What, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about. We're, we haven't played a game yet. <laughs> but no, right. yeah, I, I mean, I guess that all just goes into the complete unknown. I mean, it's – Yeah, we don't know anything. That's the best part about this season. <laughs> it really is. It really is. But I don't know. I think that just the typical what Wes used to do, I think they'll adjust it, obviously. But, I don't know, I'd like to see them come out and at least try it in the beginning. And if, if you know, maybe in practice it clicks towards, you know – this final week leading up to Tuesday and then you roll with it after that. But if not, like you said, then just make adjustments after that. So how much have you heard in anything that happened with these super secret scrimmages at this point? I know on Monday we hadn't heard a lot about anything that may or may not have happened over the weekend that there may or may not be highlight videos on Cincinnati's own Twitter page for the nothing. I, we can, we can break down the uh, highlight videos. That's about it. Oh, I yeah. like that. Odio Guama was cramming those home, baby. <laughs> Odio Guama is, is trying to be Justin Berg's favorite player. And <laughs> like by December, Berg is not Berg. I'm just going to get articles about Odio Guama by December. 
Is he even going to remember the word creamy at that point? Or is it just going to be like all about the, the <laughs> no, hammering he'll, it he'll, down? He'll still remember the word creamy. But if, if AJ McGinnis gets a chance to dunk and he lays it up, Ooh. Berg is not going to love him. No forgiveness there. <laughs> well, and, and if we are just basing off highlights, a lot of players, opposing players might have to see the doctors after, you know, David DeJulius broke those ankles. So I don't know. But all we got is highlights. All I'm going to guarantee that I tweet Odio Guama's name incorrectly at least <laughs> 30 times in the first game. G-U-A-M-A. Aguama. Yeah, I'm not going to remember that. I'd be impressed I, if you if you put Saunders instead of Sanders, personally. Stop that. Sometimes I forget if there's two L's in Chile, so I don't. We'll see what happens. I mean, if you Diner? can make it through Raffalus Ivanowskis, yeah. then I think we can slowly evolve with this. Oh, I'm not going to get that one. He just said on that one. Yeah. How are you a diner and dinner? Is that is that a rough one for you? What's dinner? No, that was not hard for me because it's food. Good point. Good point. Dessert and desert. That's a little tough one. Um so we no we saw we saw we saw we saw today that a guy that I'm a little upset about ended up committing to Ohio State in one of the favorite names that I've ever heard come out of Chad Brendel's mouth. Uh, but how much of an effect do you think that Cincinnati is going to see if they have a down season on recruiting, uh, even though they've seen some success even in the relatively short time that Wes has been here uh, with George Washington III going to Ohio State? No. Like, we're projecting they have a down season and I'm supposed to project what the potential down season has potentially on 2023 recruiting. A lot of ifs. Aaron, come on, man. I'm still in CFP talk. I don't know. I'm sorry. There's a lot of ifs. If your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. I've heard that one out of your mouth. That's that's actually possible. It's possible, right? Like anything is possible. I mean, this is a really off topic. We were, this is really off topic, but we were talking about my, my new puppy today at work and, and how I was, I was hoping you weren't talking about your aunt that had balls. No, no. Uh, but we were talking about how I guess a, a litter of puppies can have multiple dads. Um, yes, and I was like, well, that that's possible. That's not possible for humans. Uh, but somebody at uh, work yes, it told is. me it is apparently it is possible. So it's got to be, it's got to be pretty, pretty close in, in window, timing. time window. Yeah, the timing oh, has to. Yeah, that is possible. You can have twins with different dads. I think that's what's. I think that's why one of my sons is actually athletic. <laughs> no comment. Works. No comment. That actually is exactly how it works. His kids aren't twins, Chad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's still like I, I've been big on the uh, the uh, Maury Povich. clip lately like do we need to send you and your wife to maury with that kid that's what i told them at work i was like this is not possible i have not seen it amari povich or jerry but it it is it is conceivable that it it does it can happen that's my new favorite thing is and the lie detector test has determined that that was a lie like when gary barda said we respect, we have great respect for Cincinnati. And the lie detector test determined that was a lie. 
I was driving home from soccer practice and and Lance McAllister played that audio again and I got all fired up again. I wasn't <laughs> we can't get back on that. No, this is a basketball preview. Yeah, basketball. Basketball. we got focus, basketball. focus, focus. But I am and, upset. And, I'm not going to get to hear you say George Washington the third. George Washington the third committed to the Ohio State Buckeyes on Wednesday, uh, November third, in the Washington. year 2021. Congratulations to him. But we did find out yesterday. Oh. That Cincinnati, that Cincinnati had offered or, or made the top seven for five-star point guard, Isaiah Collier. You know what I want? I, I, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a pitch. I think this would be this would be pretty cool. If there's a student out there, you wanna you wanna you wanna make a kid feel special, somebody make an Isaiah Collier sign for game day. But with the C in Collier is the C paw. Like imagine it like I a, could a dig kid, that. A, how a kid's phone would blow up with all his friends watching game day, and there's an Isaiah Collier sign with the C paw. That's actually pretty cool. You should throw that in the sign ideas on the boards. Somebody make that happen. There's somebody. We get we get thousands of listeners on these podcasts. There's somebody. There's a student listening that's planning on getting there early that can make that happen uh if it, it i want to see it i want to see somebody do it because i think that would be like you want to start getting creative with the signs and like have you know that kid would be on cloud nine all day saturday if his friends just kept blowing him up all day with the picture of his of his name with the c paul as a c at game day and plus it'd be random as well right just random like yeah certain people would be like oh whoa what's that like they're just like they're just scanning the crowd and there's like the sign right like yeah landing as they call your priceless or something on along (laughs) those lines i don't know that's just something my brain came up with today could be nice do you think we'll see different starting rotations for this team for different games it depends. I, I think right now we're probably looking at like we've talked about Saunders, DeJulius, Newman, Abenport, uh, Adele. Um, but would they make adjustments that, depending on the team? Depends on if that starting rotation works, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I think right now, I mean, the, the only adjustment I think right now that would probably fit would be. Um, you know, if you, if Micah is playing a little better than Mikey or, you know, however, you know, the point guard situation goes, I think two, three, four are probably pretty locked in with the Julius Newman and, and Davenport. Uh, I think Abdul is, is pretty close to locked in, but like, you know, a Victor is surging and playing great or Koval, uh, is, is shooting at a 40% clip from three and blocking shots. Like, Maybe there can be some adjustment there, but um, I think looking at it from what we know right now, like I, I think that five until proven otherwise, again, we have no clue. Like, this is this is the hardest yeah. podcast we've ever done because we know nothing. Like even after watching practice, it's like, I, I don't know, man. I got to see him play somebody else. Like I'm just trying to generate questions that we see all over the boards yeah. on, on the podcast. I know. 
I'm, I'm answering them as honestly as I can and then explaining yeah. why it's like, man, I, I don't know that, that this could be totally wrong. Like Wes could have a different starting five every game, and I look like I look like an idiot. Right. Ed, I want to add questions. Ed showed up. I want Ed to get some airtime here. Like, you're not producing this podcast, Ed. You're you're a guest. <laughs> no, I got all kinds of questions, I think. Um I swear to God, I had sure. a question. The, who do you think is going to lead this team this year? I mean, is it going to – we have two seniors, right? We have DeJulius and we have um, – what's his name? See, this is going to be real fun this year. Ado, Cabal, Hayden's also a super senior. Well, I mean, he's going to play center, though, so he's not really being... – I mean, hopefully well, so he's going to be down the court. Well, that's true. So yeah, it's going to be DeJulius. Like- I just answered my question. I think Dave is probably like well, Davenport is is probably gonna be like the emotional spirit spiritual, like you know, energy type leader. Um, but in terms of like leading scorer and like who gets the ball when the shot clock's winding down, uh, I think you're gonna need that to be the Julius. And yeah, I thought he pretty much was last year too, which I guess wouldn't be too big of a change for him. He was more of a point guard last year, though, where he's going to play off the ball this year, which which provides different opportunities. Newman's a senior, too, so it should be interesting to see what kind of leadership he brings. But he's court. already said he's planning on another year. So just in the, I'm going to call him a junior. Just in the sense that he's been on the floor with some bigger conferences and just kind of curious to see what kind of leadership emerges from him as the season progresses. Yeah, I think yeah. John's yeah, John's one of those guys that I mean you read all the different things and you you listen and, and see what it's just like the ultimate glue guy, but this is a situation where you need that glue guy to be a little bit more than glue, you know. So um I mean he's gonna do whatever's asked of him. That if if Wes sells him, go out, we need you to score, you know, 10 or 12 and nine. I think he he has the ability to do that. He showed that his sophomore year. You know, I think the main thing about this team though is like a lot of these players have like chips on their shoulder. You know, it's like, it's like a lot of players just have something to prove, you know, I, like John coming back from an injury. It seemed like he kind of fell out of the graces in Clemson, you know, Abdul Doe kind of never really got anything going at, at Mississippi State other than being just a defensive force. He was the first team all, all conference, but in, in, in defense, but you know, he didn't really seem like Mississippi State had anything going for them at times. I mean, Mikey, People are doubting if he can handle the team, you know, leading the team. David obviously is pretty clear, you know, even like Micah, you know, can, can he take that next step? I think that you just see a lot of guys that just really have a chip on their shoulder that, I mean, Victor Lockin, people are wondering, you know, what even he is. Odio Guama, same, same situation. I think just a lot of players that are just really have the drive and want to want to prove themselves on, on a stage in front of these fans. So I think that'll be uh, that'll be something to watch. Of course, is just the, the added, you know, momentum and passion that, that each player has to just prove exactly what they can do for the team. I've got a, 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 a thing on Twitter. I want to ask your guys' opinion. Which do you like better? If your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. Or if the queen had balls, she'd be king. Uh, queen had balls. I like that because, one, too. Isn't because like the queen of England pretty much the king anyways? Well, yeah, because her husband died. And there can't be another king unless she got remarried. Or dies. I just don't want to think about my aunt. Well, yeah, if she dies, then 
I know that's why I like it because it's kind of more of like a it's a little more direct and I'm, yeah. I'm indirect really isn't my style <laughs> <laughs> it's more direct the right. guy on radio tell me today that uh I was much nicer on radio than I was on Twitter do we know oh, if they're gonna a, re- tell to Mike Joel Mike Golick Jr See, I you know I, I don't think Mike does a good job honoring the fact that his brother played for the Bearcats. Big Mike has made it clear. Big Mike has made it clear that the only reason his son transferred to UC, he said that on on one of maybe on a on a podcast with uh, Stu Gotts, um, but he, he said it was a business transaction. It had nothing to do with who they're loyal to or or anything to do with even really wanting to be in Cincinnati. It was strictly a business move. Yeah, and he sucked here just as bad as he did at Notre Dame. It was it was clearly not a good business move, but regardless, a business move. Cheers to the Golics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was pretty fun <laughs> off the field, from what I can tell you. But uh, yeah, on the field didn't didn't seem too too solid. Have they announced if they're going to have mask mandates or anything in that regard for the basketball games at this point? I haven't heard anything yet, but I mean, it's Tuesday. Only for I didn't know. fans. <laughs> I didn't know if they'd do anything where if you had a uh, like the uh, vaccination passport that if you could get in without a mask or anything in that regards. But as far as I know, they haven't lifted any mask mandate right. on campus on I, campus right and now, buildings at this point either. Right now, I would expect there will be a mask mandate because they've there's a mask mandate for for buildings. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I think this I think this season's just like I have so many questions, but nobody can answer the questions because it's it's gonna be so new to us. New coach, a ton of new players. It's just I think it's gonna be fun if you ask me. Like I, I agree with you, Chad, like trying to see like these different schemes that he runs, these different uh what line, different lineups he throws out there. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of nerdy like that too. Well no, I and I think I've, I think the biggest key as well is is and this was a it's a quote that Mason Madsen said. I Keith Jenkins tweeted it and said, oh, uh, "We have the power." <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got the power. <laughs> Mason said, "Well, well, that as well." But also, um, he it's said, getting, <laughs> "It's getting it's getting kind of God, that was that was wild." By the way, make sure you put a put a red block around that. But um, so he said, uh, "No one said this to his face." but we've all said it in the locker room. We feel like we're playing for the best coach in the country. That might sound like an absurd statement, but you could look back in 10 years and be like, you know what? They were right. So, I mean, if you, if you are all players and you all have that common thought that, that this guy who's coaching you and telling you what to do every day is the best coach in the country. And like, it's, it's not, you know, they came from all different places. That's, I think that's a that's a big step in the right direction. I mean, if you've got that brotherhood, that family, I think that type of bond is exactly what you need that first year, especially with all the new pieces. Now they just seem like they're all they're all one together. So I think that's, all, that's huge. We've all talked at nauseum about how he's made every right move off the court, though. Right. And so for him to make all the right moves inside that locker room surprises me. Actually, the least amount of anything that we've talked about tonight. You yeah. know, just. It, it, we've seen the way that he carries himself. We've seen the way that he talks. We've seen the way that he goes about business by doing the things like 
bringing in the alumni, allowing, you know, even something as simple as letting Berg go to practice today. Like he doesn't have to do things like that yeah. um, with him hopping on the podcast with him just trying to be as transparent as possible. And, you know, like I said, for him to do all the right things inside that locker room with the way that he talks to the players and the way that he's brought guys in and the way that he's gone about recruiting and the way that he's run practices and everything that we've heard and, and all the things we haven't heard. Again, just the least surprising thing to me. Well, that's yeah, I mean, the other thing to, sorry, that's the other thing to get excited about is, is, you know, having some of these coaches back, right. Getting DeMar back, getting um, the strength coach, Mike back. Mike Rafa, yeah. I look, I look, forward to his tweets when he pulls out those blue light glasses and like all that kind of stuff that that stuff interests me interests me as well um but yeah you're right you're absolutely correct he's made all the right moves on the court so far and in the locker yeah i mean he's not gonna it, wes isn't gonna blow smoke you know it's and i i mean chad how many how many practices have you been to before you know wes over the past you know three seasons it was like what two or one? Oh, the, I went to one practice the two seasons prior to Wes becoming the head coach at Cincinnati. Right. The, and, if we go three seasons, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Two seasons. I went to seasons. a lot of practices three seasons ago. Right. Right. Two seasons. So anyway, um, <laughs> like it's 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 kind of just yes, and sure there was a COVID year and that kind of complicated things, but it was it's kind of just the immediate availability and the immediate just truth that is being purveyed it's just it's something that is uncommon as far as it goes in in college athletics and I mean it speaks to the person that Wes is and if you can get talented players which there's a lot of talent on this team it's you know who's going to step up offensively seems to be the biggest question but you know if you can put them together and go towards one common goal and have a leader like Wes being the one telling you how to get to that goal and he's won a national championship before as a player, then I think that you you sit back, you listen, and then you make the right moves. And I, I don't know, I'm I'm high on this team. I was a little bit too high on last year's team. Uh, I will openly admit that. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, that's all we're going to say, a little bit. Um, okay. Some things to be high about on that team. I mean, there were, yeah, some, there, there were. There some things. They, they, were. Played, they played in the conference championship game. They, they did. Damn it. That's, yeah, they that did. Is, that is pretty I synced it. They I did lose. It. They did lose. We're not going to say by how much or anything, but they did lose that conference hey, tournament. Lose by you win. You went. You lose by one. You lose by forty. It's all right. It's all Amen. A loss is a you, loss. You you win some. You lose some. Sometimes <laughs> you're the bug. Sometimes you're the windshield. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But I I mean even so like. Do you like, like that said, one, Ed? Ed? That's okay. Like you said, Ed. You hit the register. Yeah, like that one. <laughs> but Ed, you had expectations going into Ed. last season. I fucking love Ed. It took a minute to process. You get, but I was, so yeah. you get that out. You could see when you got it too. You were like, "Oh yeah, got it." <laughs> and of course, I imagined like a giant cicada, so that was good. Uh, yeah, just yeah. splatting with guts everywhere. Everywhere. The the bug rarely beats the windshield. The windshield is typically undefeated. It's a pretty big bug if 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 the windshield takes the damage. I would say the windshield's 100% uh, undefeated in that situation. Sorry, what were you saying, Brent? Does this include Australia? Because there's some messed up stuff in Australia. We talked about that with Jim. We talked about that last night. night. He said there's not. That's because he's desensitized to it. Correct. Because he grew up in Australia. That's correct. Well, okay. 
Yeah, but I've been I've been to the kangaroo exhibit at the zoo, and they're not trying to box me every time. They're not a bug. They're a kangaroo. They're also not know, wild. Those are domesticated kangaroos, but they'd still whip your ass if you got. Did you get into the exhibit with them? Yeah. Like in the inside the confines they, of the exhibit. They walk around now, Chad. Yeah. They're like that's it's, it's a, a whole open it's an immersive thing. exhibit. And they don't square up? No. Could you imagine well, if like a kangaroo just is like, let's go, bro? They they I used send, to box too, so that's probably why they probably they probably felt that. Oh, they were like, eh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't fuck like, with this not, guy. Not that guy over there. <laughs> Uh, right. oh my god i love well, the it. dogs the dog's whining again and i think the wife is about to lose her mind so i think i, I better hop off of here and help take care of the dog do you do you want to do do you want to do like 60 seconds of wrestling before you go like that's oh your, my that's goodness forte, right oh i talked about john moxley last night and then this morning he checked himself into alcohol rehab <laughs> the the mayhall jinx i I was like from the mean streets of Amelia and now he's, I, I wake up in the morning and there's a, yeah, I mean, that sucks, but Hey, good for him. He's trying to get right. He's going to come back. He's going to be a champion again. Unbelievable. Did, so you didn't, you were, you had to play soccer tonight. You didn't get to watch AEW or something tonight. Some, I saw, I saw Ricky Chino tweeting about uh, uh, CM Punk. So generally on Wednesday nights, I don't get to watch it live. I have to go back and watch it. Like, Tomorrow night, I'll go back and watch it. Soccer's over, Are you though, up? right? Well, soccer is now, yes, but yeah, I mean, there's still like two Are more episodes of Married at First Sight. Are you upset that just like uh, that that you didn't have wrestling content ready? Like you're, you didn't have your notebook ready for? This I mean, show? I can I can give you some wrestling content because something I didn't get to get to last night was I watched a documentary on uh, Vice. Okay, time um, up. Yep. Time. <laughs> when he had the phone up, I should have known. I should have known something was going on when they had the phone up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I hope everybody watches that documentary advice. Finish, finish. Go ahead and finish. Are you still there? He said, go ahead and finish. Oh, well, it was a good documentary. It was about um, uh, a plane ride where they got stuck overseas. Um, on the tarmac for like 12 hours uh there was only two stewardesses the wrestlers like basically tormented these stewardesses like scott hall and kevin nash they got fired right afterwards apparently um what's the guy's name um the announcer guy who's now on aew does announcing i don't always teamed up with jerry the king lawler no one no one has that one all right never never watched wrestling JR, 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 Jim Ross. That's it. Jim, Jim Ross was basically the, uh, he's like the babysitter of all of them. And he got in trouble because they were all bad. And hundreds of thousands of dollars of booze, I think they said they spent on that plane. So pretty good. Document. Sounds about right. Look, if you don't think Kevin Nash and Scott Hall can get after it, you are sadly like, what do you? <laughs> yeah. Razor Ramon. Skull was a gangster. I used to do the uh, razor's edge to my brother. Sounds parents right. like that. <laughs> Good luck with the dog, bud. All right, Ed. Well, take take the dog out. Make your wife happy. Thank you for.
jumping on. I love thanks it. For jo- thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. it. He's the best. I should have wrote some more jokes for this one. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> See you, dude. See, Ed. See ya. See ya, Ed. We're going to have to do. Brent, I don't know what's happening with our fearless leader right now. He's he's struggling. struggling he with is the connection mightily, there. mightily. I, the, I mean, the facial expression is pretty nice right now. It is, and it, there's been some good ones here throughout his struggles over the Looks last like, like two or three minutes. Squeezing out the uh, the same ranking that the Bearcats have in the AP and the coach coaches pool right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's I get that's it. What it looked like he was squeezing out that. So, oh, and now he's reach he's reaching for. The white. Well, he, Which, he made me the yeah. he made me the host now, so I, I'm gonna oh, imagine wow. he's, he's reconnecting. He I don't know the uh, baton to you. He did. Congratulations. Um, looks like it's recording the cloud, so I think we're still in the clear. Good. Um. So we'll we'll see what happens. But okay. what are your big questions that we're not, we're not going to be able to answer? But what questions are you looking to have answered as this season gets started? You know, things that are just kind of open ended, that are kind of hyperbolic almost, but just kind of what questions do you want answered, you know, especially in these first couple of games and then also as the season long-term goes? Yeah. So I well, clearly how pretty much every college basketball team does it is you start the season out with the kind of a bigger rotation. And then right. as the games really start to, to, to get tight and start to matter, you want to try and trim down that rotation to, you know, sometimes nine, eight, you know, depending on how it is. Well, you know, Wes, Wes a lot. He he likes to play a lot of players a, a decent amount of minutes. I mean, you look at his last season at UNCG, what, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players played at least, what, 13 and a half minutes, 14 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a ninth played 11 a game. So, you know, it's who is – what's that rotation? What's that final rotation going to be? Because – all of these unknown pieces, how exactly are they going to fit, you know, and, and kind of who's going to really take that role of, you know, what I, I see this is the rotation going on and I'm, I'm all for the team. Let's, let's figure it out like that. Cause you know, with, with all these new faces, you could get a little selfish and want to be the man right away and, and, and kind of say, you know what, I put in just as much work. I'm just as new to this as, as these other players, other than the, the UNCG players that that transferred over with Wes, but you know, it's kind of going to be, who's, who's going to see, Hey, listen, let's, let's try and get it all going. I'm not going to fuss or anything with the decision that you make as far as going with the, you know, who's, who's playing here, who's playing there and and, and things of that sort. Well, and you bring that up. And if we look at the roster as it's currently assembled and we start to trim down to some guys that we think would potentially get minutes, this is 12 guys that I'm looking at to have minutes. And I don't even know how you trim down from that 12 to 10 and from that 10 to eight. If you're looking at a if you're looking at AJ McGinnis, if you're looking at Mike Saunders, if you're looking at DeJulius, if you're looking at John Newman, Micah Adams, Woods, Jeremiah Davenport, Hayden Koval, Victor Lockin, Jarrett Hensley, Odio Guama, Mason Madsen, you know, how do you trim that down to, to 10? Yeah. And that take the guys that can't, you, t- you t- take the guys that can't play right yeah. now and you, you, you cut it to 10 yeah you figure they're, it they're out, at yeah. 12 well it's like I, it's rocket I, science i understand i'm just curious to see how they they proportion the minutes and and go from you know uh, to from that that those 12 guys i just listed down to a, a 10-man rotation and then maybe 
further on down the line, go from that 10 to an eight man rotation. It'd be just, I think those are, that's a, definitely a huge question that we all want to see answered. And then like, the person, like the, the winning season, right? time roster, you know, who's yeah. the, who's the five on the court when, when it's close, is it going to be the same starting five? Or are you, is it, is, you know, Mike, Micah, who, who kind of is a steady hand, is that going to, going to lead to them going small? Is it, you know, it, there's just so many questions. I, rotations and kind of minutes passed out it's going to be a fluid thing until probably when conference rolls around and and i don't even know if it'll be set by then um but yeah i i'm interested to see because everyone's expecting david to be kind of that go-to scorer uh jeremiah obviously be you know maybe the the second leading scorer so who's going to be that number three you know is is mikey taking that big step is is it going to be you know John Newman who f- figures out how to f- find his niche as well? Um, I mean, or is it going to be someone like a Micah who who's like a six man looks to score more? I mean, I it's really up in the air as far as who's who's going to be that third scorer on the team outside of that the, the first two. Chad, right now we're talking about uh, questions that we have uh, that are just kind of hyperbolic, open ended, not really going to have an answer to but just questions that we have on the team as uh, you know, the early season starts and then just long-term over the course of the season. Depth on the wing for me is, is right up there at the top of the list. Like how many minutes are you going to have to play to Julius and Newman? Right. You know, I, I think you're still, I think it's easy to forget because the past six months have taken three years. Like both McGinnis and Madsen are young <clears throat> and they're not, they're more offensive guys that aren't exactly known as defenders. Like they haven't made their reputation. They haven't earned that respect yet on the floor. So like, I think that is, and, and maybe it, 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 improves itself as the season goes on and you get those guys some more extended experience you get them some more coaching on the defensive end but like how much are you gonna have to play to julius and and newman and how comfortable are you like when you do mix in madsen and, and mcginnis potentially hensley who's another guy that falls in that same like hasn't played a ton of minutes you know, you need him to gain experience. And, and that's the thing with, I think, all three of those guys. Like, you need to get them on the floor, get the tape, you know, show them what they need to work on, continue to teach and develop. Um, but how does that fit in with, like, trying to get wins earlier in the year uh, where you're, you're trying to make everything click? So, like, just general depth on the wing for me. You know, because if you're going to play up-tempo, which I'm, I'm still – because this team is so big, I, I just don't know how much we're going to see pressing and, and pressure and and all of that stuff, like, over the course of the season. Because I think when you're, when you're as big as this team is and if that's your – like, where your strength is and you want to get that strength on the floor, you're going to have to cater what you're doing around that strength. Um, so that just, I think, is something that as you get those guys up to speed, 
with where West wants them to be defensively, how much are you going to have to rely on the guys that you have? And like I talked about, like, I, I think you're going to see Micah in kind of a combined role where you'll see him at point guard. Uh, you'll see him some off the ball. And then, you know, Mikey, I think is, is more of a point guard. Like, I, I think that's where his, his role is. So um, it's just a weird, like so many fours and fives, so many fours and fives. Oddly enough, they have a, uh... Uh, Davenport listed as a guard on uh, GoBearCats.com. I just found that interesting. I don't. I don't think it means <laughs> anything. But I've I just, watched I, practice. I don't I, find I, it interesting. This is when is he a guard? If he wants to be listed as a guard, you list him as a guard. Newman's the only one listed as a wing. Um, everyone else that you'd expect uh, is listed as a guard um, or or as a forward. Wouldn't you say that kind of going off your wing thing, Chad, that I mean, like McGinnis and, and Mason Madsen are the like perfect, like they, they could come in and provide like a spark in a certain game where they get hot and knock down sure. like, two or three threes, but they need to sure. have the, they need to do that next step though, because they like, they have to, one of those two has to assume that larger role. They need to gain experience. They need to yeah. gain time on the court they need to become more seasoned more vet you know to become veterans and that takes time you know they're not they're not five-star instant impact kids but that you know people people get so caught up in like okay well mason made some shots last year so that means he's going to be great this year or mcginnis has a great shot like bird said which he does but it's the other stuff, like what's your on-ball defense like? What's your off-ball defense like? What's your communication like? You know, what what's what are you doing to help make the guys you're on the floor with better? And they'll get there. But it it just takes development. And, you know, I think those two guys still in the early part of their career as college basketball players. Hmm. And that's part of the development is you're learning – all of those things, the secondary things, right? Like, right. Because when you're talented and you're six four, six five, and you can jump and you can shoot, like, you learn the, the easy stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, I think I think people but forget. It's, it's. I think people forget because we were kind of spoiled by how quickly we saw the maturation of a Jeremiah Davenport or of a Micah Adams Woods, just kind of in the systems that we had. Um, you know, maybe they just. People don't remember how quickly you're shaking your finger. We did this podcast last year and nobody predicted Jeremiah Davenport would break out. No, no, I did. You might have after the the first couple games. No, No, go go, check the receipts on that. Check the tape. Check the tape. Check the tape. We are. We burned those tapes. We burned them. They don't (laughs) exist anymore. They went to the urn. Oh wow! Yeah. Yes, they did. They are in the they are in the urn. Sir. We tossed the 2021 prediction. No, but I, yes, Aaron, I I agree with you. I so so who? But the thing is, like when when that happens, it's normally like the continuity from one from one season to the next. With and there's not any of that coach, and there's nothing. You know, it's like right. And everyone's and starting with a blank. 
thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's what I'm getting at. I've got an interesting thought that I thought about just, you know, a week ago or a couple of weeks ago with, with all the bigs that they have at their disposal and with the premier shot blocking that they do have in the post, whether it be, you know, aggressive or kind of a more finesse shot blocking. Do you think they not really take the entire Houston approach of we've got all these fouls to use down low. Let's be as as aggressive as possible. If someone gets in the paint near the rim or, or things of that sort, because you know, those two go down you've got, you've got Victor Locken, you've got Odio Guama that can move down, down there as well. I mean, it, it seems as if that could be a situation where you're telling, you know, Abdul and, and Hayden be, be as aggressive as you possibly can when anyone comes inside of the paint. I think if you're planning to play them all at the five, yes. Right. But if you're going to start spreading it out where like Koval's getting minutes at the four or Vic's getting minutes at the four and you're playing, you know, one together with the other, I think it becomes a little bit more difficult because then you're thinning out. Yeah. Why it's effective for Houston is because Houston very specifically has three four. guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's like three, like here's 15 fouls that we use at center and we're yeah. going to beat the hell out of you. If you've got a doe, Cobol, lock in, and they're all like, these are our five men, then yeah, you can just beat the hell out of people. Not to mention Houston's guards are the size of threes. All of them. Yeah. They're all six, five, six, 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 but seven. Like I, all of them. I think, I think in that situation, if you tell the fives to be as aggressive as possible, then you do kind of play JD, you know, 30 minutes or around there and kind of just, just exhaust him at the four as much as possible. And then you have the ability of Hensley to play. But, at now, the three you're or the but now you're potentially looking at like DeJulius for 34 minutes. Right. Right. Newman for 32 minutes, JD for 33, 34 minutes. Like that might be how it ends up, but you would prefer in a perfect world for it to be a little bit more spread out. Yeah, I agree. It was just something I thought about because of all the, no, no, all the depth I, it's, the, it's a good thought. I'm just, I'm just saying like, that's, that's the Houston. Like, again, this is like, yeah, in that's year their three, game plan. Yeah. In year three, we're going to know a little bit more on like what a Wes team really like, what he wants it to look like, how he wants it to play. Um, you'll see kind of a hybrid, I think, next year because you'll have, a, you know, potentially a bunch of guys returning yeah. that know what to expect going into the offseason. Year one, I don't know, maybe the adjustment is we're going to play, you know, Davenport and, and Hensley at the four. We're going to play the three big guys and just rotate them every five minutes. And if they beat the hell out of people, they beat the hell out of people. Like we're okay with that. But like, yeah. I don't think we know that yet. No. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, the two bigs thing fascinates me because like, that's a North Carolina thing, right? Yeah. North Carolina still under Roy was playing is playing, was playing two bigs. I mean, you look at the last the year, they were, they were huge down low. Yeah. Huge. So Wes played in that, that system where there was, you know, multiple bigs on the floor. Now, what we don't know is as a guard, did he love it or there was no spacing because there was always two bigs taking yeah. up a lot of, a lot of, a lot of real estate. So, you know, did he come out of that? Like, I, I just, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the two bigs thing. 
So that's, we get to see it all unfold with our own beady little eyes. Could go so many different ways. It's just, yeah, it's insane. It's, it's exciting, but it's, it's maddening from a, you know, from a, uh, content standpoint going into the season because like how do you even write a preview like and be honest with people when you, you just want to say I, I don't know i don't know I, just, I think you just pose the questions that are running through your head that's that's it like you yeah just the questions that you want to see answered and i think that's you know just the same way that this segment's going right now it's, it's just kind of what other questions do we have going into this whole thing i i guess the other would be like what how good are they at point card like outside of Mikey, you know, yeah. Well, but we don't know what Mikey looks like full time. Yeah. I no, think he could be good. We caught glimpses and yeah, to your point, uh, we, we don't know I what think extended he could be good. look like. But I mean, and Wes has always had a ball dominant point guard. It, like, right. like a guy with a high you like Isaiah Miller had one of the highest usage usages in the country. And right. he's he's an NBA level player. But is, is that going to be, you know, David DeJulius or are, are they telling Mikey to, to assume that, that heavy of a role and make sure David's always ready when the shot clock, you know, dwindles down? I don't know. It's the craziness behind all that questions, especially at the guard position. I And, and then, of course, I also am wondering who's going to lead the team in rebounding and and then, you know, who's who is going to be that, that leading assist guy as well because – I mean, you want to say Mikey, but you know, if if David has the ball in his hands a lot, and then of course rebounding, Chad, you mentioned this on the uh, preview with with Mo, just kind of how yes, you do have the the two career leading shot blockers, you know, active leading shot blockers, but on defense, when you're when you're going to block a shot, you aren't in good position to, to, to grab the defensive rebound. So, I don't know. I think that's fascinating to see exactly how they rotate and things of that sort within the first few games yeah for sure i wouldn't be shocked if Micah for adams sure woods, i wouldn't be shocked if Micah adams woods led the the team and assists truthfully yeah i mean we were just last year we were begging for for micah to be more aggressive look mm-hmm. look for your shot more things of that sort mm-hmm. i i don't know if that's you know, they're telling him to still be that that aggressive or they're telling him to look to distribute. I mean, I just it's, it really could go just really any way. I, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see like like Victor Locke and all of a sudden, you know, we were talking about the big man rotation of being, you know, Hayden and Odie backing yeah. up Ado and uh, Jeremiah. But now it's all of a sudden Victor Locke is getting all this talk. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, Jarrett Hensley's getting all this pub and. I mean, I'm just excited to see who really. And then West, and then West has talked about Odie. Yeah, really coming yeah. on then, over the past week. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Like, who, who's to say Odie doesn't just develop to the point where, by the tail end of the season, they they trust Odie the most as the hyper aggressive spark at the five, playing him at the five. I, I don't know. It's it's just really well, all over the place. <laughs> going back to one of my first questions, the Berg. Asking who he thought was the wild card on this team, you could list anybody on this team, and I probably yeah, would have good. agreed. You know what I mean? Like, good. just because there are so many unknowns going into even game one, um, and I don't know that we'll have really all that many questions answered, even in the first five games. 
you know, going into that game against Tennessee, like it's just, it's very, very interesting to see just how this season unfolds. For could could you guys guess who the leading scorer was in the first game last season? It was, it was rap, right? Didn't we touch on that? No, no, no. He he scored double digits, but okay, he was the third leading scorer. Oh wow! Yeah, it was Micah. Micah scored sixteen points. Didn't remember that. That was I think his Nick, biggest I remember game. that actually. Yeah, yeah. Because we talked about all right, Micah's finally going to be aggressive and right. like right. And then he wasn't <laughs> take that step that we wanted him to take, and then and then he wasn't. And of course, Chris Vote was the second leading scorer, but yeah, <sighs> that is what it is. But I mean, I, so. Like you said, I don't think we can judge too much off that first game. You know, come out with a win and then just continue to see as things evolve after that. I mean, Micah scored 16 against Lipscomb. I don't know if he had another game the rest of the year where he – I think he might, have, he might have gotten to 16 again. Let me, let me pull it up real fast. Yeah, sure he, he had double he digits hit, more than he hit a 16, times. Yeah, he hit 16 two more times, but that was his – that was his high on the season. He did it against Tulane and then against Vanderbilt. Oh, man, let's not talk about that game. Jeez. Oh, yuck. <laughs> yuck. You can say that for the whole season, bud. Especially that Vanderbilt game. I, I watched that from my brain, and I just saw it again. Ugh. I don't know. That UCF game was pretty bad, too. I don't, I don't want to talk about any of it. <laughs> But yeah, no, I onward I think, and upward. Yeah, that's a, again. I know I've said this before in one of our podcasts, whether it was PTP, whether it was BBP. I think it was BBP. we do so many. We do like six hours or seven getting, hours of audio content a week now. I feel like I spend more time with you guys than I do with anybody else in my life right now. Truth be told, but uh, even if it's just over, you know, the the internet here, it's virtual virtual time. That's fine. Your girlfriend's uh, going to be like, are you sure you're in that bathroom doing podcasts? <laughs> uh, I'm downstairs. It's fine. Um, no, but it, it's just kind of like. What does that have, have to do with anything? Just saying I'm downstairs. Um, <laughs> well, you said, you said the bathroom. I'm not in the bathroom. We don't, oh, keep, lock- well, we don't the- keep lockers in the bathroom. Well, that's generally where lockers are. Is, is in a bath? Like there's a bathroom or a shower? Uh, or- nah, not here. Oh, okay. Um but this is the team that we have low expectations for. And in turn, I don't think any of us are really going to be all that upset. I hope just with the way that things go. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be new here. I mean, I understand, but I, again, just kind of with the way that Wes has been going about business, I think it's going to be, I think he's going to have a longer leash than the, the previous regime. So you are new here. That's fine. There is a little yeah. bit of uh, there's a little bit of Brent Young optimist in all of this. Thank you. Good to know I'm rubbing off. But uh, but I, I I'll go with Berg. I think somewhere like in that 17 19 win range is where I think this team comes in. To have to have, to have put this team together in in 30 days roughly, I yeah. think to to win about 50 percent of your games is truthfully I, I think an overachieve. So. I'd be very happy with that. That's your call. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm taking the optimistic. You going, are you going side. 27? You going 27 wins, Brent? 27 and three. Uh, no, I, no. I actually think they uh, think they 
I think they can. I think they can win it all. I'm, I'm joking, Jesus Christ. But no, um, no, I think they. <laughs> that was last year. That was last right. year. Right. No, I. That's, <laughs> that's after Cincinnati starts four and zero. I think they hit a stride. I mean, if you like, just roll through Kempom real quick. You know, they ha- he has a win of the first four, and then losing to, to Illinois, which is understandable. Um, then, and then, so the next loss he has him losing at Miami of Ohio. I I think that's a winnable game. Um, I really do. And then he has him losing at Xavier. I really don't see them coming out of the the out of conference with more than. I want to say three losses, more than two losses, two to three losses. Um, and then during the during the uh, conference season, I I think they hit a stride. I, I mean, I really I really do, and I think that they're a bubble team by the end of the year. Um, and I think that if they if they're catching the right stride, not, I mean, this is this is an honest thing. If, I, if, they're, if they're catching the right that. stride, then I think that they could be a team that te- that teams in the tournament really don't want to face. You know that. That kind of just just gritty. You, you hate him at at a twelve seat, or you hate him at a at a you know a ten seat or an eleven seat, or 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 a playing game type <sighs> situation. I mean, I think that with this much connectivity that they have had, I really think that's a big part. And then when you have just forces in the paint that have the ability to reject shots at the rim, and, and I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna have to get hot from deep against Cincinnati. Um, and then stretch out the defense and then force the bigs to, to go away from the rim. Cause I mean, you're talking the number one and number two shot, you know, active leading shot blocker. Sure. You know, Hayden was against the central Arkansas opponents of the world. And, and uh, you know, a doe had a lot of, a lot of the games to pick up those blocks as well, but it's still, still a stat. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, Cautiously optimistic, not to the point where I was last year, not to the point where I'm, I'll make a bet with my friends and say, if Cincinnati doesn't make the tournament, then I'll get a Bob Huggins tattoo on my butt. I'm not there yet. Don't no, do that. no, I'm not there yet. Well, but, we all remember what it was like to have a, a taco fall in the lane, yeah. altering everything. Right. I mean, I think defense will come before offense. And I don't know. I think that they're a bubble team by the end of the year. I'll give them. 20 and 10, 21 and nine um, with, with like a surprise, maybe a, a sweep of Wichita who ends up being solid or, you know, they, maybe they steal one of the two tough wins at home against a Memphis or even a Houston. Um, Houston lost a lot of firepower last year. I'm sure. They've got a lot returning, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think if they can gel and get things going and find, find, you know, not only the leading scorer but two others that are just consistently scoring, between that nine to, to 12 range, then I don't know. I think you're, I think you're doing all right. Aaron. I, I mean, like I said, I, I think if you hit over 50%, you're overachieving truthfully. So if we, you know, finish with 16, 18, 20 is, I think a stretch, a super stretch for me. 17 to 19 is where I'm comfortable. I'm yeah. not comfortable putting a, a, a two. I'm not, I'm not comfortable putting a crooked number on it at this that's, point. That's fine. obviously, I mean, I'd like to set the bar low enough to be okay. If they, they start to, to slip a little bit. Um, but again, I, I have, I really have no expectations going into this. And I think we'll truly get to see once we start seeing 
some of the guys that Wes is able to bring in, whether it be through the transfer portal, whether it be through um, just recruiting over the next couple of years. I'm excited about some of the guys that he has already recruited. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a breath of fresh air year. I mean, at the end of the day, we know what we've gone through as a, as a program uh, in, over the course of the last couple of years. And I think everything this year is gravy. Truthfully. <laughs> so uh, I, I'd be happy with 16. I'd be very excited about 18. I'd be over the moon with 20. Yeah. I think that's, that's accurate. Yeah. I think that's a, I think we're, I think that's a great preview voice. It's a great preview pod. We had a couple dignitaries, two guys I love for different I was going to say you were getting ready to say why you love Ed when you started to cut out. So I'd hate to have him miss you getting to shower his praises because you I, had I just, a, a I, I love Ed's person. Connection. Like I love Ed. Like Ed is genuine, right? Like Ed is a genuine soul. Like, you know, we, I asked him for questions and he's like, Oh, Oh, I wish I'd have thought about that. Like, <laughs> like Ed is just awesome. Like Ed makes Ed makes content better, and I'm in the I content know. business. <laughs> so I've I like known that. that. Known that dude since high school, and he's been he's been quite the character ever since I've I've met him. So uh, that's why I he's, gen- my- like, he's genuine, and it comes across like when he speaks, when he talks, like when he you know. And then always like good it. to always good to hear from Berg as well. Yep. Yeah, it is. Berg is, you know, Berg's a working man. Leah's landscaping. Leah's landscaping.com. You can find him on Facebook. He's busy these days. I've called him a couple of times with refer like referrals, like, hey, I got somebody for you. And he's like, oh boy, I'll try. I'll do everything I can to <laughs> to to get him in. Like, like Berg, Berg, Berg's a businessman. The the, the landscaping business for Berg. Has blown up, and that's what happens when you do good work. But the people I know that have that I've referred to him, and that he's that he's he's hooked up, have done, and they're like, "Damn, did a good job." The guy knows what he's doing. So he's busy, and his family, like his wife, is is just like mine. She's fighting like hell from uh from her accident, and uh, I love any chance to get him on. That's why, like, when when all this started, and he kind of stepped away, he's like. You know, sometimes I just need to like to get it out of my brain. I got to sit down and write. Uh, are you OK if I just randomly send you content? Yes. <laughs> Please. I am, I am OK. But whenever you feel the urge for you to just randomly send me content. Uh, welcome to Michael Boston. What would you think, Brent? What would you think in, in Michael Boston's first attempt at, at, the, at the bounce at the, the baby that you created? Not not bad. Not bad. Yeah. He, you know, it's a, it's his first one. He keep on, keep on rocking and rolling with it. That's what I told him. He's like, I know, I, you know, Brent does a great, Brent did a great job with it. And, and, and I'm like, well, Brent had like a year and a half, two years of it to develop his voice and understand like when you edit, editorialize, when you go off a little on your own. Yeah. And and he'll get there, but right. I think he did great work. Yeah. And uh, I got, I got some big news on the, the, the content front coming. Oh, I'm you are you unveiling it now or no, I can't get into it quite yet. Okay. But I think everybody's going to be really happy. Aaron, Aaron knows. What do I'm you excited. think, Aaron? 
I'm excited. Oh, wow. Wow. Jeez. I'm just on the outside. I'll Look tell you in. afterwards. This, uh, this is something that just like has just been in like today is moving kind of fast. Okay. There we go. So, you know, we're all, there might be a couple things on the content. I'm front. excited about that other one too. If, if that's a thing that happens. Oh, I am too. Like I, I yeah. like, look, there's never too much content. I know people have been like, you guys are producing so much content. I can't get to it all. Well, then there's, you're, you're going to have to find more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because, because you, you I'm have- not stopping. You had two hours of BBP, two hours plus, just over two hours. You had two hours PTP last night, like two hours and 10 minutes, two hours and 15 minutes. And then two hours tonight, like not to mention whatever you put together for BCJ pod tomorrow in your. uh, I'm sure Dave and I'll have some thoughts on things tomorrow. (laughs) Tulsa preview and and Dave finally getting a microphone after the CFP ranking. So, oh, I hate it. So it should be uh, it should be real interesting, but plenty like people are going to have to find the back roads for their commutes just to make sure right. that they're you're going to you're going to be you're going to be like, damn it, there's no traffic today. Shit. It's in November. I stopped taking the highways to and from work. <laughs> <laughs> Only the back roads. Only the scenic route. I get caught at 64 lights on the way to and from work, but it's it's worth <laughs> it. <laughs> Your wife is like, why are you leaving 30 minutes earlier than normal for work? Don't worry about it. There were so many accidents. The, the GPS told me to off-road it every day this week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Friday, I should be good. By Friday, I should be good. It's a breath of... Uh, there's another breath of fresh air. Friday, there is no podcast. No, it's actually Monday, because Sunday night is the only night that we're not... Like, we're not leading into Monday with anything. On, on Fridays, you've got the Thursday night BCJ release. So... You got Friday mornings, you know, so Mondays you can leave on time and then the rest of the week, you know, (laughs) stuff to do. (laughs) All right. Thanks to Berg. Thanks to Ed. Thanks to Aaron. Thanks to Brent. The BCJ Nation basketball preview is in the books for 2021-22. I am fired up. We'll see you tomorrow night for the BCJ pod. I'm Chad Brendel. Thank you for listening to BearcatJournal.com.